Hey, Sulis. After a night downtown cheering on our beloved UND men's hockey team and hanging with friends, there is no other way to end your night than with a nice Deeks pizza. Get your pizza fix or kick it up a notch with one of the five bold wing flavors by ordering from our personal favorite late night joint. Our friends at Deeks Pizza are giving our Sioux Light listeners free delivery on all online orders. Use the promo code LIGHT at checkout. That's promo code L-I-T-E at checkout for free delivery. Go to www.deekspizza.com to get your fix. Also, don't forget to give Deeks a follow on Instagram and TikTok for chances to win free Deeks Pizza and merch. God bless Sioux Hockey and God bless Deeks Pizza. All right, Sulis, welcome to episode 19 of Sue Light. Uh, this is a special edition episode of Sue Light. Uh, the boys' services, we've been contracted by Hockey Day North Dakota. So that's where we're headed this weekend. Uh, we're going to take in some outdoor games in Jamestown, North Dakota, Back, uh, headed back to our roots in more ways than one. You know, uh, in our interview, we talk with the uh, captain of Red River, uh, LaDuke, as well as the head coach, Tim Scarperud, former UND player. So we're super excited to get back to Jamestown and uh, watch a whole plethora of high school hockey games. The Blue Jays are playing that Friday night. Saturday, we got a whole bunch of uh, teams. Also, University of Jamestown has, uh, you know, they play a few college games as well. So it's an exciting weekend of hockey, uh, kind of North Dakota's own iteration of Hockey Day Minnesota, and it's seen some success in years past. Uh, I'm not sure what the history of it is. I think it's year three. I think this is the third uh, the third installment of Hockey Day North Dakota. Last year they got uh, called off just because of some COVID concerns. But other than that, yeah, we're so we're excited. We're going to be heading to Jamestown this weekend, starting on Friday, going to the Boo Jay game, a couple alum doing some interviews with guys in between periods. And then on Saturday, obviously going to doing all the games. Uh, there's We'll just roll through the schedule here. Who we got playing on deck here, Sammy? So we got uh, on Friday night, 4.30, the University of Jamestown Division II team takes on Williston State. And then at 7 o'clock in the nightcap under the lights, the Blue Jays versus the Devil's Lake Firebirds. Saturday's outdoor schedule looks to be another great day of hockey as we got the West Fargo Bantam AA team is going to take on the Bismarck Bantam AA team, a little east east versus west action, and that's kind of going to be the uh, the story for the day. 12 o'clock, the Jamestown girls team takes on the Bismarck girls team. 2.30 is when the stuff starts to hit the fan real good. We got Grand Forks Central versus Bismarck Century. I believe that that is a state championship rematch from two years ago. So we got another East versus West going with East versus West. We got the Grand Forks Red River Rough Riders uh, coached by Tim Scarperud, our interview this episode, as well as their captain, Wyatt LaDuke, not DeLuke, LaDuke, versus the Bismarck High Demons. And then the nightcap, 730 puck drop, University of Jamestown versus Minot State. They play like 10 times a year, so that's obviously going to be a banger underneath the lights. Last time they played underneath the lights, I think they got like 10 inches of snow in overtime alone. So uh, that should be a, that should be a good game. It's going to be a fun weekend. Like we said, we're going to be on the jumbotron, interviewing people, pulling people aside, uh, fans, coaches, players, everybody in between. So, uh, what what are you most excited for on Saturday? Well, you know what I'm most excited for. You know, I pulled up the old you know ndhighschoolhockey.com, and you know I'm looking at the standings, and we see you know our Jamestown Blue Jays leading the West. I mean, unbelievable. The excitement has to be building in that community. Uh, definitely the hockey community between Jamestown and Valley City. Uh, you know, you got a lot of talented players on that team looking at their stats. You know, we're dipping our toes into, you know, I'm going to circle back to this later, but uh, we're dipping our toes into high school hockey here for the first time, right? So it'll be interesting to watch this level of play and offer our analysis and talk to the players 
Uh, you know, it's not like we get terribly inappropriate on this show at ever at any time, but, uh, you know, we're definitely going to have to keep it PG being, you know, at a high school sanctioned event, but, you know, circling back to Jamestown though. Um, uh, yeah, they got this junior on the team. Nolan Ninao has 37 points in 12 games, J- just ridiculous. And, uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to as well as, uh, you know, watching the games progress throughout the day. Then you got youth hockey going on inside. So just the celebration of hockey for the state of North Dakota. I really think this puts uh, the state on the map in terms of, you know, when you think of hockey, you got to throw us in the conversation with Minnesota now because we have our hockey day. Throw us in the conversation with the other states that are known for hockey, you know, Michigan, Massachusetts. Uh, An event like this, which is organized um, by mostly volunteers. So it's a terrific event. I'm looking forward to it, and this is the first time I'll be involved with it. How about you? Uh, This is the first time I'll be involved with it, and it's kind of sad, too, because I graduated one year before they started doing it, and I wasn't able to play in the outdoor game, so I'll still hold that grudge. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm so excited, obviously, being from Jamestown. I love Jamestown. They, They do a great job putting on the event uh, along with, we're going to be working along with, I believe it's Magnitude Sports. Magnitude Sports, yeah. I think uh, we just talked to our contact there. Uh, they're going to be streaming the games on YouTube and their Facebook page. So if you're not able to make it to Jamestown this weekend, uh, check out Magnitude Sports, and uh, you'll be able to watch the games remotely, and you won't be missing out. Um, uh, and I, excuse me. Uh, if you do not tune in, you'll be missing out on some great hockey, as we're sure to watch some live action. These kids are going to be playing with some extra juice outside, right? Obviously, yeah. Not to mention just uh, it even looks like the weather is going to be cooperative on Saturday, specifically Friday. We might get a little bit of snow, but Saturday specifically. So if, if you're if you got nothing to do this weekend, you're in the state of North Dakota, you're kind of missing out if you don't go and visit. Obviously, bundle up a little bit, but they got a lot of stuff going on. Like we said, youth hockey indoors. The rink is right next to the rink. So the outdoor rink is right next to the indoor rink. So they're going to have youth hockey going on all day. I believe Jamestown High also has a varsity game inside at 5 o'clock on Saturday as well. So there's just places going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. Uh, like we said, go check out Hockey Day North Dakota on Facebook for kind of live updates and, and event updates. And if you want to watch the game, it's going to be on Magnitude Sports. Yeah, very, very much looking forward to it. Looking at the schedule again, um, you know, you said it in, you know, when you were kind of going over the schedule in brief, they really did try to make an effort to, you know, kind of make this east-west clash. Uh, the Jamestown Blue Jay girls, I think they could have maybe gave them a more favorable opponent. It looks like they're going to be playing the Bismarck Blizzard, who's notoriously for being, you know, the dominant girls high school program in the state. So that's uh, nothing against the Jamestown girls program. I know they're a proud program and uh, they're competing again, which is good to see. But uh, I'd love to see a Bantam Double A game in there as well, right? So some youth hockey, I think maybe we might see some more talent in that Double A game than we might in some of the high school games. So who knows? Uh, very much looking forward to it for sure. And uh, I remember I was seeing pictures the last time Hockey Day North Dakota, uh, University of Jamestown, you mentioned that there was a lot of snow and there were some iconic pictures. I think Butchie Gross even retweeted one of them where they were just shoveling or I don't think they were shoveling. I think they were playing in what looked like six inches of snow. So it's just pure grit out there. And uh, like I said before, it's going to be fun to everybody's going back to the roots. It's just going to be enjoying having a good time and uh, you know, seeing people who we haven't seen in some time. Exactly. And talking about that University of Jamestown Minot State games, I mean, we love rivalries on this podcast and we love talking college hockey. We can't say enough about how good of a hockey game that's going to be. These two teams, they absolutely, it's no secret that they don't like each other. That's that's <laughs> yep. a for sure. Like we said, they play like what has to be 10, 12 times a year. That's going to be a terrific hockey game. There's obviously a little bit of bad blood on both sides. Uh, just not liking each other, and uh, it, it's going to make for a great atmosphere. I'm so excited for Hockey Day in North Dakota. Like you said, get back, see some people we haven't seen in a while. And then I'm also just so proud to be be from the city that gets to host it every year. And um, and they do a great job putting it on. Like we just talked to our contact earlier today, Jeff Romsdahl. He's kind of the 
he's kind of the brains behind the whole operation and he talked about how they really want to make it a statewide thing and, and get those east-west clashes and try to get everybody involved so uh like i said if you got time on saturday or even friday Yep. Go to Jamestown. If you're not headed up to Duluth, uh, you know, head to Jamestown. One of those two places anywhere else is unacceptable. Don't we play Western this weekend? Western, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if you're not in Kalamazoo or Jamestown, uh, anywhere else is unacceptable. Yeah, I got mixed up with that one. My bad. Not only, I mean, that's a perfect transition. We can talk a little bit about this weekend for UND Hockey before we get into our interviews, which are, by the way, terrific interviews. We actually went down to the rink after practice and was able to talk to the captain of Red River as well as their head coach, Tim Scarprood, UND alum. So he had some great stuff to say, but UND does go on the road this weekend. Big test, big test with Western Michigan. Western's good. They're very good. Yeah, and uh, UND, you know, it's kind of, they have something to prove here. I mean, they're coming off a tough stretch of games. I mean, this last weekend was canceled due to COVID. I think that would have been a good bounce back series against Omaha, so that was unfortunate. Uh, but the weekend before that, it uh, got swept by Cornell in an ugly fashion. That Friday night, both of us were there. Uh, it looked like UND was, you know, the dominant team. Uh, they were up by two goals in the third period, just couldn't close it out, and then came back the, nat, uh, the next night and just uh, went out there with a flat tire. So, uh, you know, coming back against a good team, like you said, it'll be a test. I mean, this is playoff hockey. You kind of have that mentality. UND doesn't have the luxury like they did last year of, hey, we can kind of take a weekend off and still be in the top 10 of the pairwise. Uh, no, I think they got to battle every week because, you know, there's always that margin of error where if they get swept, you know, one, two weekends in a row, they're, start, they're starting to look like a bubble team. And uh, in all honesty, that's what they're starting to look like on the ice. So I think they should go out this weekend and prove me wrong. Uh, show uh, Sioux Nation that, you know, they are not a bubble team. They're not a team that's just trying to sneak into the tournament. They, uh, you know, they got something to prove. And um, Western's a team that I'm sure they've beat up on in years past. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, what, what do you think about it? And uh, what's your confidence level with the team right now? Well, right now, I don't think that going back to that Cornell series, I don't think that was for a lack of skill or a lack. I think it was more for a lack of heart. They just they didn't weren't able to close out games, even when they were playing from behind on Saturday. Um, they had the skill and they controlled the puck, but I was in the rink. I've never heard the Ralph just everybody in unison screaming at the guys to shoot the puck. Like it didn't look like there was any urgency to do anything. Um, so hopefully that can change a little bit. I I I admittedly have some nerves going into what going into Kalamazoo this weekend. I mean Western is. They're a good hockey team. Uh, Michigan was afraid to play them, and Mich- Michigan's supposed to be the top team in the nation. So, uh, I, I I'm a little nervous. I'm not. My confidence level isn't high. I will be over the moon if they were able to get uh, a sweep this weekend. But I'm gonna predict. Uh, I'm gonna predict a split. I actually think they're gonna win Friday, and then Saturday's gonna be a close one. But Western's gonna sneak it out. I think we should talk about you know big Olympic news, and then this leads to a question I have for you because you probably have more insight on this than I do. So Jake Sanderson obviously selected to go to Beijing along with 14 other 13 other NCAA players to compete in the Olympics, uh, in the absence of the NHL players who aren't allowed to play. Um, so my question is at what point is Jake Sanderson going to separate himself from the team? Are you aware of when that's going to be? Is he going to be in Kalamazoo this weekend? I believe he will be in Kalamazoo this weekend. Just, I mean, this is all based off of reading Brad Schlossman's articles. We got to plug Schlossa every episode as much as we can give him the credit where the credit's due. But, uh, I believe he'll be with them this weekend. My guess is that I don't know when did the Olympics start, like February 7th. Like, I don't know if these guys are going to be leaving, I don't know if they're even going to really have too much of a training camp just because of like the COVID worries and stuff. I think they're kind of going to get thrown together, maybe one pre-tournament game and then, and then get tossed into it. So from what it sounds like, he's going to miss maximum six games, maybe eight. Yeah. And it sucks for the program, right? 
Right. But, uh, you know, looking back at the history of it, it's always kind of a badge of honor to be able to say that, you know, the University of North Dakota sent a player to the Olympics. It's pretty cool. Um, kind of the nostalgia this year, there's been a little bit of controversy in hockey circles I've seen on Twitter about the amount of NCAA players they're taking. I, I think it's brilliant. I think they should have taken more of the last Olympics. Uh, the NCAA, NCAA players they had on their team, the last Olympics, were ended up being their most productive guys. You know, Ryan Donato, uh, I, I can't recall on the top of my head who the other didn't, guys didn't were. did Troy Terry go? Yeah, Troy Terry was on the team. I'm not sure if he got much minutes. Will Borgen also went. Um, but, you know, I... I, I I'm very excited for it. You know, you're getting first round talent and, you know, we're missing out on world juniors this year, got canceled because of COVID. And we're kind of going to, we're going to get a little flavor of that in the Olympics this year with the, the young talent. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? The, I, I see only good things stemming from this just due to the fact that if this team full of college guys, you know, it kind of looks like another Olympic team that uh, many of us have heard of, you know, that 1980 team pulling guys from college hockey. So, and that's only good for college hockey, especially on the grand scheme in the in the international scheme of things where if this team of college kids, and obviously there's a couple guys that had played in college and are now playing pro hockey, but if this team full of mostly college kids can go out and they can produce and they can even even medal, I think would be a success for you for USA at the Olympics this year. That's going to be great for college hockey as a whole and in recruiting players from around the world. We see it in the NCHC now. There's a lot of um, Scandinavian guys, you know, Sweden, Finland, but it can only get better if you if a bunch of college guys show up on the world stage. Yeah, and I think this was a conversation you and I had in the living room, you know, not too long ago, but I think you said that everybody on this Olympic team, you know, has a college hockey experience. There's no major junior backgrounds on this team. Is that right? Yeah, so that's great to see. And, you know, uh, while we were talking about that, let's just circle back to UND quick and then we'll throw it to the interviews. Um, I'm looking at the Penrose Cup standings right now, and uh, UND is still in a firm lead. Uh, they only have two games on hand against St. Cloud State, in which they have double the points as them. Uh, playing Western Michigan this weekend, we currently have 24 points. They have 18 points. So, you know, the only way that we're going to throw away our lead in the conference uh, this weekend is if, you know, we get swept by Western Michigan. Then Denver sitting in second place with 21 points. Um, but yeah, now it's time to start thinking about uh, postseason hockey. Uh, I think it's going to be playoff hockey from here on out. There's no, there's not going to be any easy weekends for this team the rest of the way through. And um, I'm just excited to see how the leadership in that locker room is able to kind of rally the team together after a couple tough weekends. Let's not forget that we also watched them lose to the USA under 18 team, which we can't throw a whole bunch of stock in that, obviously. Um, had some top players not playing in that, rolling through lines. But um, it, it'll be just interesting to see how they rebound. And I got faith in the leadership of the team as well as the coaching staff. Yeah, this weekend is huge just because I think mainly that if they were, if we can go in and get swept, that's really going to hurt, obviously, in the points too. But with the way COVID's going right now, points not might not matter come uh, come tournament time. They're probably going to switch to, I think last year was similar where they just had win percentage. Whereas if we got to solidify that win percentage column along with the points column in order to in order to do what we want to do, and that's be the number one seed in the NCHE tournament and kind of gives you an easier path to that uh, to that uh, I, don't even, I don't even remember what the, the it's not the Penrose that's the regular yeah, season but the regular what's the season. what's I, the NCHC championship game I guess I game? forget what that trophy's called uh, UND that was their first time winning it last year yeah yeah we'll have to get more familiar yeah. with that a lot of the struggles on this team and I think we should go ahead and say this a lot of fans you know the kind of the lazy argument is to you know right away blame the goalie it's not the goalie's fault you know and I think we've mentioned that a few times this season on the show where we're like Driscoll you know keeps us in a lot of games that we shouldn't be in so it's definitely a team effort um, uh, but with that 
that being said, um, I think it's time we move on to the interviews. Please be in Jamestown this Friday, Saturday. Uh, what are the exact dates on that? Let's check our phone. Let's let's plug the tournament as much as we possibly can. Uh, it's got to be January 21st and 22nd, Jamestown, North Dakota. Those are the outdoor games that are on Friday and Saturday. And then I also believe that there's it's kind of an all-weekend event, so there's got to be some youth games going on indoors on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. So get, get down to Jamestown. Go watch some hockey. Uh, support the state of ho- uh, state of North Dakota and their hockey endeavors. I hey, let's, let's go ahead and claim it. State of hockey. State of hockey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it from yeah. them. The Buffalo City transforming into the hockey city this weekend. So we're looking forward to being there. Uh, if you see us there, don't be afraid to give us a shout. We look forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, with that being said, let's throw it to the interviews. And uh, let's hope that UND can hold their own weight this weekend as well. Yes, sir. So here's our interviews with the captain of Grand Forks Red River, Wyatt LaDuke and their head coach, Tim Scarperud. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to join here live from the Eagles Arena in Grand Forks, North Dakota, the captain of the Red River Rough Riders, uh, Wyatt LaDuke. Correct? Thanks for joining LeDuke, us. not DeLuke, LaDuke. Thanks for joining us, Wyatt. First of all, uh, talk about the season this year. How's the year going for you guys? Uh, Obviously, kind of on a little bit of a revenge tour from last year, but just talk about kind of your mindset going into this year. Yeah, obviously, I think last year did not end the way we wanted it to, and we're kind of trying to bring that into this year and use that as motivation for us. But so far, I mean, I think we've had a pretty good year. A uh, couple, couple little hiccups there against Central, who I personally don't think we should have lost to, and then another good team from Gentry Academy, but they're a good team, and I don't know. I think we've been pretty good all year and looking to make it even better as we go forward. Yeah, you talk about uh, right away, you kind of went at Grand Forks Central there, and you know, it's definitely a unique rivalry, um, high school rivalry. I'd say in the country, definitely the state. You know, you got two teams that are always, you know, competing for a state championship year in and year out. I'm sure you got buddies, you know, on Central team. You played with them in youth hockey. Uh, what goes into the decision to play for Red River over Central? Uh, you got family ties there. Uh, kind of what goes into it? Your buddies just all say, hey, let's go do it for the Rough Riders. Yeah, no family ties really for me, but uh, I just grew up watching Red River. Never really liked Central, to be honest. So, I don't know, it was a pretty easy decision for me to come to Red River. And obviously got a lot of friends that I grew up with playing for Central. So, use that. I like playing against them, but I don't like losing to them. So. <laughs> Talking about the uh, game, outdoor game on Saturday, you, you got any special plans to stay warm on the bench? You guys got any practice scheduled for outdoors, or what's the mindset going into the game? Uh, no practice outdoors, but I think it's just, it's not going to be too hard for us. It's just another game. It's just outside. We all grew up playing on the outdoor rinks, but maybe throwing throw in some toe warmers, put something on the face, but it will be fine. Once you're moving, you're, you're warm, and you will be all right. Which, uh, which guy on the team will be providing the eye black for the boys? Who's going to be buying that? Uh, I think that's Carter Sproul. <laughs> got it. Got it. I guess I kind of want to talk about... Uh, your guys' outlook on playing Bismarck High. That's obviously going to be a decent test going in. They're not having a great year this year, but like, kind of what's, what's the scouting report on Bismarck High and what are you guys going to try to do on Saturday, especially with an outdoor game? Uh, yeah, I don't think we go into that game. We look at every team pretty much the same. So I don't know. We're going to go in with a good mindset, ready to work, and just play like it's another game and have more fun since it's outside. We don't get to do it often. So that's really about it. Uh, you say you approach every team like you don't look at any team differently, and I appreciate that. We got the coach in the room, so that's uh, you know obviously the answer that he wants to hear. But uh, there has to be some different mindset when you're playing a, playing a team out west. Do you think there's a different style of play when you play teams from uh, the WDA as compared to the EDC? Uh, 
I mean, personally, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, there's a couple teams in the East that we don't like, and you come into that, and you've got to be ready to play. But um, I think every team plays pretty similar, but um, that's just my opinion. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's North Dakota hockey, right? Everybody probably plays the same style. It's not like we got different countries going at it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess now we'll kind of get into some fun questions here for you. First of all, the question that we thought we had to ask is, uh, who on the Red River Rough Riders would you not let date your sister? Riley Vetch, for sure. That'd be scary. <laughs> okay. Uh, who's, like, the, the joker in the room? Like, that was my role back then. I was never a good hockey player, but I like keeping the boys loose. Who, whose role is that, keeping the guys loose in the room? Uh, that's Riley Vetch again. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of the team clown. He keeps it loose, but... He's also that guy you do not want around your sister. Still want on your team, but not not with your sister. I guess that's that's a good point. Exactly. Um, uh, there's always that team, you know, uh, that guy on the team also. Um, uh, me and Connor are going to be there Hockey Day, North Dakota. So we kind of want to have this analysis. And uh, my favorite type of guy is the type of guy you got to hold back a little bit. You know, being the captain of the team, I'm sure you got some hotheads on the team who you know kind of want to take out all their anger on the ice. So who do you kind of, as a captain, have to kind of hold back and keep in the reins a little bit? Uh, one of our assistant captains, Carter Spruill. He's a really good player, but sometimes if you piss him off, it's it's not good. So just got to keep him a little in the reins. But I mean, it's all part of the game. It's he's I'm just sure a competitor. Out, I'm sure it works out in a positive form, right? It does. A lot of the time, it does. I want to ask one quick question here. So you guys played Gentry Academy, a, a real good team from from Minnesota, and it was a close game too. Um, do you? When you play those out-of-state teams, whether that's you know East Grand or even those some of those Minnesota schools, um, what's your mindset like, kind of going into that as as a captain? Because um, I, you know, you Gentry won state last year. You guys almost beat them this year. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really, I don't really look at it much different here. But this is my opinion. We did not play a very good game that day, and I personally think we could have beat them. So, I mean, we we can be way better than we were that day. We were just not not sharp. So, I mean, we all look at it as a good test, and that's good for us. So, yeah. Let's get into the um uh, the culture of the locker room a little bit. So uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this or listeners of the show know this, but I work part time at a youth hockey arena, Icon Sports Center, and uh, you know I always notice you know you got the Red River Rough Riders, they have their late night late night ices. You got Central, they have their late night ices. It always seems to me like you know Red River's the team that they're bringing the nets down at the end of the night for you know your part time workers. Central, they're not doing that. Feels like they're getting their meals made for them. You know a different mentality. So you know how do you kind of uh, create that uh, community? Um, you know, just always helping out other people type mentality in the locker room where, you know, you got your teammates backs. Yeah, I think that's one of our one of our staples. Honestly, we came into the year. We know, you know, what you do reflects your whole team as a whole. So I think just like in public, all that stuff, you got to put a good face on. You got to be respectful. All that kind of stuff reflects the team as a whole and yourself. So that's that's big for us. This is going to be a tough one for you because Coach is sitting right here, but uh, Coach Scarprud is in his second year at the helm. What has he brought to, to the Red River Rough Riders? Uh, different energy. Uh, I had Mike LeMoyne as my, as my coach as a sophomore, and it, they just whole different coaching styles. Maybe, maybe Mike's a little more uh, straight at you. Like if you're, if you're not doing something right, you better run away. <laughs> and Scarp's more of like a teacher, I'd say. Um, obviously he'll get on you sometimes but and it's different because he's got a kid on the team and he can relate to more of us than any coaches I've ever had because he's had most of us at least a couple years through youth hockey so that's good for us we all know him as a as a person so that's good Wyatt, what are your uh, plans do you have any plans to play hockey after high school uh, I, I do a little bit still waiting on uh, some stuff but 
as of right now, we're just seeing how things go, but I would love to play hockey after high school. Focused uh, one game at a time. That's a great captain answer. You know, focus on this season first, and I'm sure, you know, as the season, you know, if it goes well, then I'm sure it will. Um, offers will come their way. We have one last one here. So you are the captain of a really good high school hockey program. What does it mean to, to wear that C for this program? Oh, it's cool. It's cool to be a captain. I mean, it, it's, if, you don't, if you don't do the right things, it's not going to benefit you at all. But I think it's cool. It's an honor. But you got to also do the right things and lead you, the way you were brought up to be. So, Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. You know what? Thanks, Wyatt, for joining us. We're going to talk to Coach here right in a bit. Good luck on Saturday. Stay warm, and we'll, we'll see you there in Jamestown. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, Sue Light, uh, right now, welcome to our Hockey Day North Dakota episode. Uh, right now, we're going to be talking to our second high school hockey coach of uh, the series. We've talked previously to Mario Lamaru, the current head coach of Bismarck Legacy. Uh, third national championship, um, Travis Dunn and his old teammate, Mike Commodore. Please welcome to the show, uh, Tim Scarperud. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. That was great talking to you, and I think, uh, you know, we definitely have a lot uh, to talk to you about, you know, in between your coaching right now, obviously, for Red River, but uh, obviously our fascination is automatically drawn to your playing days. Um, so we want to know, uh, you know, what's your background in hockey before you came to UND and what drew you to Grand Forks? You know, from born, Grand Forks, yeah, right? Yeah, from Grand Forks. So, hey, my parents were here. I was born and raised here, so yeah, so that's what drew me here, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, obviously grew up, uh, grew up both a Red River hockey fan. I have three older brothers, and, and my oldest brother, Chad, was part of the uh, 1988, 89, and 90 state champions with Red River. So I was 10, 11, and 12 years old at those times. And, and so obviously growing up there, watching him win state titles and whatnot, uh, drew me big time to Red River hockey. So I've always had the passion for Red River High School. Um, and then, you know, fortunately, as, as my playing days went along, I was a little bit of a late bloomer and, and uh, um, you know, had a good senior year of high school and then went and played juniors and just kind of kept progressing a little bit and was very fortunate to play for UND and, and uh, be a part of the 2000 National Championship team. So you grow up kind of, all right, I want to win a state title. And then you're in the back of your mind, it's, wow, it would be great if I could play for UND and, and uh, very fortunate to be part of uh, both of those. Yeah, I want to dig into your junior hockey career because we were looking at your elite prospects, hockey DB, and saw that you played for the FM Ice Sharks. Yeah. Was that in the old Coliseum? I mean, that's a little bit before our time, but what a name for a junior hockey team. What was that like playing uh, your junior hockey just on the road from home? Yeah, you know, it was it was. Uh, obviously, I kind of had a different uh, route in the junior world and uh, went and played in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba for a year out of high school. Um, signed a tender with Omaha Lancers after that. Got traded to Rochester, decided to quit hockey and started school. And then halfway through the year, um, before I signed the tender with Omaha, Fargo Ice Sharks had called and, and so I knew they had interest in me. So when I was going to school, I realized how much I missed hockey. And, and Scott Kobrinski and Tarek Howard were the coaches there at the time. And about December 15th, I called them up and said, hey, any chance you got any room for me? I really miss hockey. So I, uh, I got lucky that they had some room for me. Uh, it was a blast playing in Fargo. I lived with great family friends as a, as a billet family. Uh, we, had, we had a really good team and had some local guys and Mark Cullen and Tim Larilla and, and Nelson out of Moorhead and then Sean Endries here from Grand Forks and, and others. And, and then playing in Fargo at the Ice at the Coliseum was, you know, kind of a raucous, like small town community barn and, and had a blast playing there. So, you know, you got, you got, and we had guys like, you know, Sean Endries liked to fight. So, you know, it was, it was the olden days of junior hockey where fights were happening and people were drinking beer and, and uh, it was a, it was a good time playing for the Ice Sharks. Yeah. I think the, the Coliseum is kind of the, 
we missed the old Coliseum. They kind of remodeled it, and, and it sucks now. Sam and I were just talking that we played in it one time in high school, and it was, it was like uh, you're playing in a slap shot film, like it was straight out of slap shot. Do you want to talk about? You want to draw a picture of a classic barn? You know, there, there it is, right there, the Coliseum with the the wood seating and whatnot, and you got to jump three feet down to get on the ice as you're leaving the locker room, and you you just laugh when you watch the other team and about six guys toe pick as they're jumping on the ice, but classic barn for sure. When, uh so when approximately during that career did UND give you a call or write you a letter or how did that work? Yeah, so so because I quit hockey that that first semester and, and joined up that second you know the second half of the year, uh, finished out that second half of the year and then the start of the you know obviously had to play another year of juniors. So early in that next year, I was fortunate enough to be named uh, back in the day the USHL had a a USA or all USHL team that played in the Four Nations Cup. And, and so I got selected on that all USHL team or USA team, whatever they called it, um, back in the day. And it was USA and Germany and Norway and Sweden and uh, um, played the Four Nations Cup over in, in Oslo, Norway. And so that was a really cool uh, uh, honor to be a part of. And, and when I went there, you know, obviously I had a decent start to the year to be named on that team. But then I think, you know, I had a decent Four Nations Cup and Gino Gasparini was the commissioner of the USHL and Dave Haxall was one of the coaches for the team and I, I you know they never told me this but I think what happened is they called Dean Blaze and said yeah he can handle it you know so then then I'll you know I started getting some calls there and and uh, um, you know I ended up committing the UND throughout that year uh, you know a month or two later after that so must have been a no-brainer, obviously, being a Grand Forks native, Red River guy, but uh, was there any other schools in on the hunt for, for you? You know what? With me going to school and starting school, I only have five years to play four. So once, you know, you have five years to play four once you start school full-time. So I lost your eligibility, and because I went to UND, I would have had to sit out another year. So UND was pretty much my only choice uh, because, of, because of that situation. It's kind of a weird path, but, but lucky that, uh, that Coach Blaze and, and the staff uh, had faith in me. And, and, you know, that freshman year was an unbelievable year. We had 10-11 freshmen that came in, and lucky we won, the, we won the national title that first year. Yeah, let's talk about that year. Obviously, uh, coached by Dean Blaze, Hackstall and Barry were assistants on that team. You, they were the next year. They were the next year? Yep. Oh. Yep. <sighs> yep. So Scott Sandlin was there. Scott, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, Scott Sandlin was there, and, and uh, Jeff Bowen were the assistants. There you go. Our yeah. listeners Sandlin will definitely know who Scott Sandlin yes, is. Yeah. Don't you, yeah. Right? Yeah. Benedict yeah. Arnold, Scott Sandlin. He's, uh, a, he's a bulldog. <laughs> but uh, just talk about going into that year. Obviously, won a national championship. Kind of a crazy team. Carl Gehring was on that team. I know that for sure. Yep. As well as Mike Commodore, a guy we've had on the show. Just kind of talk about what the vibe was in the locker room, chemistry, and then uh, kind of how you take what happened that year in winning a national championship and then bring it into your coaching career now? Yeah, you know, yeah, great question. You know, um, like I said, 10-11 freshmen, the 98-99 the team was, was an unbelievable team. They had Jason Blake and Jay Panzer and Hoogstein and a bunch of those guys, and, and uh, they were all giving, giving the guys crap for, oh, that, your team next year is going to suck. You know, you guys aren't going to be that good, all that. The typical senior stuff that they do when they leave the program. But, but you know what? I'll give – there's guys like Lee Gorn, Jason Almer, um, Jeff Panzer, Brian Lumbum. You know, those – Ryan Beta came in as a freshman. Um, but but – you know those leaders, and then you had Peter Armbrust, who was who was a senior captain, played fourth line, scored one goal, and it was it went off his ass. It was his one goal for the year, you know. And and but yet, just talk about a true team 
personality, right? True, true team mentality. So give those leaders credit. You got 10, 11 freshmen coming in. You don't know what to expect. But those guys led the way, and they, they showed you what it was like to, to be a, a Sioux hockey player. You know, that mentality and what you had to bring every day to, to be successful. And, and I give those guys a lot of credit. And, and you know, when, when it came down to it, you know, Lee Gorn and his mentality, scoring two huge goals in the national championship game, um, and, and then obviously Jason Ulmer, Beta, Panzer. Anyway, could go, I could keep going on and on and on, right? But uh, I'd say the mindset that those guys showed as leaders and seniors and captains was huge to, to, to just piggyback off of as, as young guys, you know? So, so going into bringing it to these guys, you know, to be successful and to win a national championship, it's about team. Right, you know what? You're gonna, you're gonna have guys like like a Goran or whoever that score two goals and assists, or Jason Elmer that has a big game-winning goal, or you know, you're gonna have those guys that are gonna be the drivers, right? But one thing that I will say that was unbelievable is in that national championship game, the third line was was three freshmen, and the fourth line that wasn't playing in the third period was a, two juniors and a senior. But you know who was the loudest people on the bench? The, the fourth line were the loudest people on the bench. They wanted as much, if not more, as, as everyone else. And that's a true selfless leader and, and team player and, and goes to show why we were successful that year. So the first goal that you guys scored in that championship game was Mike Commodore's goal, right? Yep. And you got that primary assist. I want to know, you got any funny stories about Mike Commodore? <laughs> of course I'd be out. <laughs> all, all yeah. Day. yeah, you know, I mean, on and off the ice. I mean, on the ice, talk talk about a true warrior, right? But but uh, uh, you know, just battler and, and you know, back in those days, especially that net front presence and that laying the lumber and, and cross checking guys. And hey, that other team didn't want to go in front of the net. Uh, one one story on the ice. I wasn't a part of the team, but I was. Remember hearing the story is. Remember when Commodore got in a fight against Wisconsin and. and uh, Jeff Sauer, I think, was the coach for the Badgers, and, and he said after the fight something like, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, I've seen a lot of guys have a broken nose or, a, you know, maybe a broken jaw or lose a tooth or whatever, but I've never seen a guy with a broken face after a fight before <laughs> until tonight, you know, and Commodore took care of him there. But on the ice, obviously, what he did was, you know, kind of everything we've talked about, true warrior, team player, do anything for his teammates. Off the ice, talk about a great guy for the locker room. I mean, just you guys see what he does in the social media and in the, you know, he's well known around North America, right. you know, so, so what he did off the ice, just the, you, you got to have the guys that make the locker room light and, and fun and, and you have a good time. And he was right there at the top of that. So we could go on and on and on, but that, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, obviously coaching a high school team, we'll, we'll leave it at that. That's a great way of putting it. But, uh, you know, moving on uh, past your college career, I figured looking at your hockey DB, now it's starting to paint a clearer picture for me. I thought you left after three years because you were, you know, going to chase professional ambitions, but you only did have the three years of eligibility. Yep. So uh, why don't you talk a little briefly about the transition from college hockey to professional hockey and uh, how that career went for you? Yeah, you know what? I didn't know what to expect. My last year at UND was, was had, a, had a good year, and, and, you know, all right, I'm going to give this a try. And, and I remember talking to a different one agent I didn't have an agent at that time it weren't as I mean yes they're prevalent and you needed one but I had talked to an agent afterwards he's like yeah I think I get you with someone in the East Coast League or something give you a, a, a chance there and and then I had talked to a different agent Justin Duberman who ex UND player and said yeah I was talking to this guy he just had called and he's like East Coast League you know you had a good year let, let me try and do something else and he got me got me into Grand Rapids Griffins this, in the American Hockey League Detroit at that time it was Otto Senators farm team trying to play in the last six weeks uh, um, of of that year with with their farm team Ottawa Senators and and then we got beat in the first round of playoffs had you know decent success and had six goals or something like that in the ten games and 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 
the next year it moved to the Red Wings farm team. And, but, the, but the general manager stayed to be the general manager of the Grand Rapids Griffins. So I signed with the Griffins that summer to be um, with their team and got, <laughs> talk about lucky, got to go to the Detroit Red Wings training camp the year after they won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and you want to talk in awe, I mean, it's 10 Hall of Famers on that team. Yeah. They won the Stanley Cup before, it's 10 Hall of I'm looking around and there's Iserman, Shanahan, Larionov, Fedorov, you know, uh, Nick Lidstrom, you know, I mean, you're just looking around this locker room, you're going, what the hell am I doing here? Like, <laughs> seriously, you know, you, so you're pretty, you feel pretty fortunate. Now, I mean, talking about leadership and whatever, and I, you, you, you'd like to use life examples as, of, you know, how you want to lead. And, and uh, I remember the first day we got to training camp in Traverse City, Michigan, and go, you know, the first day you just get there and get checked in, and you just have the second half of the day to do whatever. Well, there's three golf courses on the resort that we're at, so everyone went golfing. And Aaron Schneekloth was there, you know, we were teammates at UND together, and we grabbed our clubs, and it was about a six-block walk to, to the pro shop. Well, all those guys I just mentioned before, they had cars. We didn't. We were, we were on the shuttle buses, whatever, so we were, we're walking to the pro shop with our golf clubs over our shoulder, and this car comes driving by, pulls over, pop the, the trunk pops open. It's Steve Eiserman, Brendan Shanahan. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. You know, hey guys, how you doing? Steve Eiserman, Brendan Shanahan. Nice to meet you guys. Welcome to the training camp. You know, talk about true leaders. You know, that was really, really cool. And some, you know, like, oh, who are you? Can you spell your name for me? And I don't know who you are, but no, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. And you just realize there's a reason, you know, Eiserman, Shanahan are running an NHL team still to this day. They're pr pretty special people. Yeah, going on, that's a crazy story. I mean, you're just walking to the golf course, and Iserman, uh, then I assume he, you know, said, put the bags in, I'm giving yep. you a ride to the course. Yep, uh, absolutely, yep. Pop the trunk open and throw your bags in. We're giving you a ride here, boys. He just stole your golf clubs. He's like, I'll take these. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have enough money. He needed my clubs. Right. Yeah, no, I, I love that, absolutely. And then, um, uh, you know, we'll talk another transition into coaching. So you spent one year, uh, according to this website I was looking at, coaching uh, on the UND staff. Um, uh, what was that like? Uh, what was your role on that coaching staff, and who else was on the staff with you? Yeah, so that was that was a really fun experience. So when I I played a couple years professional, and and my wife and I got married between the two years that I was there, and and uh, you know just. Well, was a great experience and kind of realized that, you know, an NHL probably wasn't in my future and said, you know what, I can get a job back here and, and, and hopefully do some decent things back here. And uh, so when I, when I got done with those two years, I had a year of school to finish it up. So I had, I had, uh, had to finish my degree and that was Dave Haxel's first year as head coach. And so um, asked him, you know, a student volunteer coach like they have now. And so my role was a student volunteer coach and what a great experience that was. Obviously, you know, the way that Dave Haxel and Bradbury and Kerry Eads was the other assistant at that time but just to learn from them and, and you know I didn't know what to expect and you know played just kind of played a, a role on the side right I mean obviously there's three damn good coaches right there and learn from them and you know throw in my two cents and and they take it and you know obviously great to give your opinion how much they did did take it I will who knows but but still was a fun experience to learn from those three guys for sure that's incredible so as this volunteer assistant coach sit on the bench that like your role was more than than being uh, just a, a face or you actually threw in some sense, you know, timeouts and that kind of thing. Cause I want to know really what the day to day was in that sense as a volunteer student. Yeah. Coach. So, I mean, back then my role was, you know, for practice days, I was on the pr practice with them all the time. So then, you know, it was a lot of individual stuff. Right. So, I mean, you know, as they're doing drills, if I saw a guy, you know, Hey, he, he made a, this certain play, I'd say, Hey, maybe you want to try this next time. So just kind of picking out a lot of individual type skill type things and just kind of helping each individual become better. And then game days, I'd be up in the press box 
box, kind of eye in the sky, the three coaches would be on the bench, and and then just, hey, what'd you see on this player? What'd you, you know, is there certain things you're seeing up there? So just kind of a lot of random type stuff. Then then different games and different uh, situations, they'd say, hey, watch this scenario or that scenario or whatever. I mean, obviously it was it was different every game or every opponent or even every period, you know. So just and then between periods, come down to the locker room and go through uh, go through the different things that I saw and and uh, help in any way that I can. Yeah, so you're your volunteer assistant or student assistant coach on the team. My experience playing on junior and uh, small school college hockey teams is that you were definitely like the ally of the players, right? <laughs> yeah, like, but you were definitely you were definitely the players' coach. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, 100%. so talk about that a little bit. Like, what what were you like around the guys in the room? Well, I mean, two things. You got to. I mean, it's kind of a it's a fine line, right? It's a combination of both. You got to kind of have that coach side of things, but yet, I mean. I don't know how many players I, you know, I was only gone for two years, you know, so I played with probably half to two thirds of them too. So it's kind of like, all right, yeah, that party that you're going to, I better stay away from that one. You know, I better not quite go to that route, but no, for sure. I mean, you definitely, you know, in the coaching world, you got to have like, like, you know, Wyatt had said, you know, I'm a teacher, you got to be tough on them and accountable. And yet, I mean, in that role as a, as a student coach, you're definitely more a player's coach, so to speak. And, and, just having fun with them and trying to help them out. And hey, if things aren't going well, lift them up. I got, I got one here. I got one here. Or do you want to go? Uh, I just wanted to make sure Tim didn't miss that Connor had mentioned that he played college hockey. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a college hockey player. Wait, wait, hashtag <laughs> hashtag humble ahead, brag. <laughs> I, had seven games in the, I had seven games in the ACHA. So we're there you go. Yeah, perfect. Humble brag. <laughs> you still got eligibility to lift, too. Um, <laughs> Um, I want to know, so once you left high school and, and you went on your hockey career and you kind of settled back here in Grand Forks, was it always a goal of yours to, to coach this team? You know, I don't, I don't know if it was. I mean, I kind of, it had popped in my head, obviously. So it started, my coaching started obviously with that student and volunteer coach with UND and it, it really showed me how much I loved coaching. Um, you know, and then as my kids got older, helped out with youth hockey and coached youth hockey for a handful of years. And, and it was one of those things where, um, you know, the job opened up, and to me, you know, I have a son on the team, I've coached him, he's a junior, that gets to be a different dynamic, and it was one of those deals where I didn't want to do it, I wish it would have been three years later, because I wish he could have just had someone else for his high school career, but that being said, you know, I coached a lot of these kids and felt like we could have a good situation, and, and uh, um, it was either, it was one of those now or never, you know, I was either going to do it last year or I never was going to do it because if someone got hired they're probably going to coach for you know whatever five six seven ten years whatever it was and I would have never started it down the road you know just because that would have been the time where I want to relax and start enjoying life and take more trips etc you know so to me it was either now or never and I said hey you know what if it works out I can do it for many years if it's something that that doesn't work out you know not that I'd want to do it but I, I, I could be done with it. So it was like, all right, it's either now or never. And, and, and glad I did it because I tell you what, this year and a half has been an absolute pleasure to coach because it, it the kids have been fantastic. Last year, I was very lucky. The senior class was eight seniors, really, really good group. Hadn't coached a lot of those guys. So that was a ton of fun. And then this year, I mean, talk about just zero drama, great kids, you know, come to work. Yeah, they're not perfect little angels, right? But been, been very fortunate for the year and a half that, that we've been here. And it's, and it's all because the kids have been, been really good kids to coach. And I, I want you to kind of expand on the dynamic of coaching your son. So I'd imagine you kind of answered this in uh, your previous answer, but you've been coaching this age group since they were mites, termites, and uh, seeing them develop into their high school age, that must be pretty, uh, 
you know, that must feel good for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think, I mean, first of all, answering coaching your son, it's a tough dynamic. You know, you, I mean, I'm probably tougher on him than I am the other kids. You know, I, I get you know, a little tougher on him at times, but, uh, but for the most part, what, what I, what I really do is, Hey, at the end of the day, I, I can put my head on the pillow at night knowing that what I'm doing is fair, you know, and, and I'm, am I going to make mistakes? Absolutely. You know, but, but there, <laughs> there's no favoritism. There's no whatever it's, you know, who's working and who's going, they're going to play. And when I put my head on the pillow, you know, the, I know that what I'm trying to do is fair, but yet at the same time, I make, mis- I might make mistakes. Not might, I will make mistakes, you know, and, and, but, but, I just try and do everything fair. We should let our audience know that uh, your kid, what's his first name? Carson. Carson is, you know, top five scorer on the team. So the decisions, uh, having him on the ice is obviously working out for the team. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kids that have done some good things right now. Right, so it's, yeah. it's nice to see kids are taking big steps and, and there's competitive spots. And, and, you know, every I don't care who you are, you got to earn your ice time. And, and there's a lot of people that are doing that right now. And then uh, just the second part of that question, have you been coaching this age group then since youth hockey? Yeah, so, so if you look at the junior class, uh, you know, termites and mites, whatever, there's a million coaches out there, but I was doing that. And then squirts, peewees, and bantams, um, you know, I'd say out of the junior class, I coached, I've coached pretty much everyone, every one of them at a different time. The senior class, you know, one year here, one year there, because it's every other year, you know, and then and then the sophomore class, same thing, you know. So I've, I think if I I haven't ran through it, but I would say that every one of these kids I've coached, maybe one or two, I haven't coached at some point throughout their youth hockey career. Yeah, it's awesome, and I'm, I think now is a great time to transition into this weekend and Saturday. Uh, obviously, you guys are supposed to have a game tonight against Doubles Lake, got postponed uh, to Thursday. So now you guys got a Thursday, Friday, Saturday skid with a Saturday outdoor game, which against a good team in Bismarck High. Kind of what are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, obviously, a little bit of a before the interview, you mentioned to us that it's kind of like a tune-up for the state hockey tournament. So uh, just kind of talk about your outlook on this weekend and then what you're looking forward to uh, outdoors on Saturday. Yeah, you know what? I think I think it's uh, obviously we're, we were chomping at the bit to, to play today, which would have been great. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. Every team's gone through it. Central's had a tough stretch. I think five out of the last seven have been postponed. You know, so every team goes through it at some point throughout the year. But I, I'm actually looking forward to the Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. You know what? It's like I said before the interview here. It's a nice precursor to six weeks from now because we got to play three tough games in, in uh, six weeks. To and if you're going to win a state title, you got you got to do it there. So I kinda, I really like the fact that we do have this three games and three nights because we'll be doing it. Uh, we're doing it down the road here, but it starts with you know we got two big conference games Thursday and Friday, and and we want to make sure that Thursday we take care of business with Devil's Lake, uh, Friday Fargo North at Fargo North, speaking of the Coliseum, and uh, um, really good, you know, they've, they're greatly improved and, and got some good young players and good seniors, so that'll be a great test, and then Saturday, what a great experience for the guys, you know, outdoor game, outdoor, you know, classic hockey, back to the roots, skating outside, so really looking forward to that. And uh, you and your coaching staff talking about the outdoor game. You guys got any good uh, apparel, you know, some any old school apparel going on behind the bench or is that? <laughs> you know, we were trying to look for some, and, but but the only thing we got is we got some red beanies. That's the only thing we got that are, <laughs> but other than that, it's stay warm, boys. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we, we tried to find some stuff, but, you know, it just was one of those deals where uh, <laughs> I, I suppose we could have went and bought it, but, you know, it, budgets are tight with everything, and, and we don't get a budget that, that allows us to do that. And it's pick and choose, all right? Do you, you want to do 
it for one game or not. But we got some decent red river coats, but they're not quite warm enough for the outdoor game. So we'll be just stay warm. What about the old Letterman's jacket? That uh, <laughs> that's still in the closet. It's if it is, it's buried somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> it's, it's it's really deep down there. I haven't seen it in years. If there's uh, if there is the red river one out there somewhere, but that would be nice to wear on the bench. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what the NHL. Those guys kind of try to wear their own iterations. I know. Their... You know, we should have been a little more prepared and probably done something fun with it. But you know, it, it's just uh, another game, right? That's your mindset. Yeah, just another yeah. game. Just another game. Just another <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. Keep warm. The good thing is, though, is that we're. It looks like the weather is going to be somewhat cooperative on Saturday, where it's not going to be. I know two years ago, I believe, was the last hockey day in Jamestown, and it was about negative. 20 and it snowed the entire time where this year it looks like it's gonna be about 25 maybe a little bit of sun you guys are actually gonna get to play under the lights for probably the second and third period so uh hopefully hopefully the weather stays a little bit warm yeah you know what uh one of my son's christmas gifts actually was the winter classic wild game and so going there and seeing what playing in 15 20 below is it's like yeah let's get this weather up there because that, that it was a blast it was a really cool experience um and, and we'd we'd love to do it but uh I'll, I'll take 15 to 20. Well, Coach, I, I'll tell you what, we thank you uh, very much for your time. We know you're a very busy guy. Uh, we caught you after your practice. You're going back for a second skate with some of the guys, but uh, we wish you the best of the luck the rest of the season, and uh, we'll see you this Saturday at Hockey Day North Dakota. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for being here, and thanks for uh, coming on Saturday. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks. for your time.